0: Hello, my name is Ernie Vecchio, author, trauma psychologist, and mentor. Inviting you to join me on the Heart Is Compass podcast. As is always the case, the path forward is inward. I will see you on the inside. People are implying that the work is how you think is how you feel, and uh, it's a lot deeper than that, of course. And that has uh, been around for about the past I don't know twenty-five years or so. I just wanted your thoughts on that. If meditation is the work or is the work separate?
1: There can be a distinction between the two. And it depends on what style of meditation that you try, but I'll speak to the form of meditation that's true to me and that I promote. The work that you talk about and the process of essentially processing our thoughts and emotions so that they work for us and we're, we're able to have some agency in our own lives moving forward, Mm -hmm. Um, that's what I would term the work and that's all a karmic process to use a a meditative term which would mean to say that everything that I'm thinking feeling and experiencing right now is the product of everything I have thought and felt and done in the past everything Mm -hmm. that I've done in the past is creating exactly my experience of right now and there's no real Mm -hmm. escaping that reality But the process and the work is, okay, how do I change in the present? How do I change so that I have some say in the future? And that does take thought work. It does take diving into our emotions and into our karmic processes and what's going on. Meditation, to me, is removing ourselves from that process altogether. So it's not going further into it trying to correct anything. It's more getting to know and growing in intimacy with who we actually are in this present moment and the part of us that's independent from karma, that's independent from the thoughts and the feelings, which is essentially aware presence. It's getting Mm -hmm. to know aware presence and resting in aware presence.
0: Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Do you think that, so what you're calling karma, I would call the psychology of who you are, uh, which which includes all of your emotions and feelings and experiences and your interpretation of those experiences oh, yeah. it 's the misinterpretation that really causes psychological duress right and so the um, so what you 're calling karma, I would call the psychology of who you are well, so what i 've witnessed, and we talked about this the first time we chatted is that the distance between the the school of thought that thinking is the gold standard. If you can get a handle on your thoughts, then you're, then you're halfway there. The gold standard before cognitive behavioral therapy came into being was analysis of your inner life. You know, Exploring your own subjective inner world, that was the gold standard. And so now that's been kind of cast to the side and um, we're not coming back to it in some middle ground kind of way. And, and so in other words, we've gone from one extreme to the other. Can
1: you elaborate on that a little bit as far as what is the distinction between the two?
0: Well, you're not, you're not either a psychological being or, to use your language, a karmic being or a spiritual being. You are both. So you're not just the psychology of who you are, and you're not just the spiritual animal that you are. You are both of those things simultaneously. We've separated the two, right. and as a result, when, when we do that, the ego always takes a side. So the collective ego is leaning towards the gold standard of thoughts and feelings. And the problem with that, of course, Barrett, is, is that you don't even have to have a person to talk to about that. You can go out and buy you a book on cognitive behavioral techniques and do it in the privacy of your own home. That is the attraction to the cognitive behavioral movement, is you don't need a therapist,
1: it's really tough to be objective in that format it can be helpful but it's really tough to be objective and to really get into the weeds and see what's actually going on when it's
0: just you with you well yeah exactly so you're proving my point so the gold standard before that was the gold standard on the other side of this equation of your thoughts and your, your you know how you think is how you feel the gold standard used to be not just introspection contemplation and cultivating insight, it was reflecting off of another human being. In other words, it's, since you cannot see your own reflection, and the yeah. ego can't see its own reflection, you need that mirror. Well, what's happening online, which is what's really what kind of frustrates me, is I'm trying to kind of raise my hand and say, "Wait, wait a minute! You need a mirror. You need a mirror," and and they're kind of saying, "No, I don't."
1: It's definitely valuable, and I would say, you know, whether it can be completed by oneself or not, that it will take twice as long, three times as long, four times Mm -hmm. as long, to do it by yourself without the mirror, as
0: it would take with the mirror, for sure. And then you have the folks that are in charge of the mirror uh, just kind of singing to the choir. I thought about something I read that you wrote a couple weeks ago, it was about the seeker impulse, or the impulse to be a seeker. The idea that, that we think we're seeking is kind of comical from the internal idea of this. That would be like a, a blade of grass or a tree seeking to be a blade of grass or a tree. Yeah. It doesn't seek to do those things. It becomes those things okay. naturally. And so because we have an ego, that is interrupted with us. We're, we're not seeking. We're trying to become in spite of the interference around us. And that becoming isn't an impulse, it's life. That'd be like saying it's an impulse to grow. Well, you're growing, whether you're aware of your growth or not, you're growing, Uh, just by the very fact that you're aging and time is passing, right? My frustration is, is that I know that the work, the karmic work that I'm referring to, which is the psychological piece, requires a mirror. Uh, You cannot see your own reflection. and in fact that's if you think you can that's narcissistic and that's exactly what's happened you see is is that that void that's happened between those two schools of thought has created an enormous amount of narcissism which is i don't really need a mirror i can see my own reflection that's really the the opposite of what spiritual kind of evolution is spiritual evolution at least in my understanding of it is that you're trying to get back to a place of authenticity and leave the interference that got in the way of that authenticity behind you at some level. Uh, But you got to work through it, though, right, Barrett? You can't just put down the bag of bricks. They say the word work because there's some work involved.
1: Frustration that I have in the space in regards to that is that the spiritual journey or the inner work, whatever we want to call it, it is a deeply personal process.
0: -hmm. Deeply
1: personal to the individual. And so turning to books and turning to lectures and turning to other people outside of a therapy or, in my context, guru relationship, outside of having a mirror, turning to books and turning to lectures, it's not personal enough to you and to your journey and to your specific attachments your specific thought processes and experiences for you to really be able to use it for your own inner work, unless you're just reading one passage at a time. Like right now I'm reading, a, a, I'm rereading through the Tao Te Ching and I read one passage, I read one stanza and then I sit with that stanza for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens to a lot of us is, especially with social media, is perhaps we wanna use social media for a better thing instead of following all these trash accounts and these people that are just perpetuating our own human dramas, following accounts that are talking about inner work, that are talking about self-healing. And I think that's great, and I've gone through a phase of that, but it is just as destructive to pull out your phone or to pull out your computer and scroll through 50 self-healing quotes every other hour and expect that that's going to help you it doesn't one because it isn't personal to you and two because you're not really taking the time to meditate into it and to absorb the lesson so it can actually be embodied in your life
0: right then you do advocate the idea of the need of a quality mirror or do you think it's something you can do totally by yourself
1: i think the biggest obstacle is desire If an individual has a very clear, driven, devoted desire to transcend a particular attachment or suffering, then I do feel that it's possible without a mirror for that individual to do that. But how often and how many people actually have a pure enough desire and can shoot straight enough with themselves?
0: Yeah, what's funny is we actually have a number for that. I think in ancient times they said one in 1,000.
1: There's another quote um, from, I think, the Bhagavad Gita, which is a, like the Hinduism scriptures, where they, they say a number like that. That's the number of people that actually have the desire. And of those people, it's
0: like one one millionth that actually follow through. Right. So if you discover this work, the inspiration behind my book, early enough, it adds 25 to 30 years to your life. And, and by that, I don't mean age. I mean presence. Yeah, man. Yeah. You're absent in your life. And if you do this work, you've just added 25 to 30 years of presence. And, and so I say to people, when they ask me, what's the perk of the work? I say, well, it's the blues are blue and the greens are greener. Life is just somehow richer when you're awake in your life and present in your life. Uh, and to me, I can't imagine any other way of living. All the work that I did to get here I wouldn't undo or change a single bit of that. I mean, it was very critical for me to get here and be in my life fully. And I don't know if you agree with this, but there's a a feeler of being an outsider when you do this work. I keep into the world an outsider, right? So it was no big leap for me to say, well, okay, I'm not cool with being an outsider. A lot of people aren't comfortable with being outsiders.
1: Yeah. I've found that whether you're comfortable with it or not, if you're truly gonna be the best version of yourself, you're gonna be an outsider because the majority of people are not striving to be the best versions of themselves, which means they're not striving to be really happy. Uh, so I do think you're gonna be an outsider if you really devote yourself to, or to spirituality or anything in this vein. If you're really gonna do the self work and if you're really gonna strive to be the best version of yourself, moment to moment, because uh, that's all we have, if you're dedicated to being the best version of yourself, you're going to feel a little bit like an oddball when you're surrounded by other selves that aren't trying or striving or looking to do that.
0: Exactly, exactly. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. The authenticity part should not be hard.
1: <laughs> it seems to be the hardest or one of the hardest aspects of it.
0: Well, because you get no brownie points for being authentic because people interpret your authenticity even. They even interpret that. That piece of the those two different schools of thought getting further and further apart, that void that that's created is, is really my sense of where we are right now in the culture and in the world, really, that void. Uh, and we're trying to fill it with a bunch of spiritual language and a bunch of spiritual talk, if you will, To me, I feel like we're kind of reinventing the wheel in many respects.
1: We've talked about this, but it does seem like it's the people that sell a really grand notion of enlightenment and of self-recognition. And the grander they sell it and the grander they seem to live their lives, the more it resonates and the more it attaches to an audience. But I just don't. I don't know if it's ever really true in the way that it's being presented. And that's really sad because that's what people want to see. They want to see the flashy. They want to see the happy. They want to see all the good stuff. That's what resonates with us. But it's really doing a detriment to the world.
0: And, and it's, it's really kind of simplifying the process. Uh, My mentor said to me years ago, and I might've already shared this with you that if you can't offer people salvation, they weren't going to listen to you. Well, I told you that the word salvation comes from the word salary and salt. So listen listen to what he was really saying to me. If you can't improve people's salary, they're not going to listen to you. And that's exactly what's happening. That people are trying to sell their discovery, their self-discovery, whatever it may be, They will improve their salary, (laughs) which enhances their own salvation, whatever that may, whatever their term of salvation would be. In this case, it's economic salvation, right? That's a profound thing. It was a profound thing for him to say. He said that to me 20 years ago or more. Uh, So yeah, it's it's an interesting piece because the amount of humility that I feel about the place that I landed and the place that I arrived to is in total conflict with that. When Eckhart Tolle wrote The Power of Now, he just regurgitated Ram Dass's be here now. That's all he did. Yeah. My generation knew that the unconscious and the, the journey inward was a very important piece, and it somehow has been lost.
1: An individual really has a strong desire and is devoted towards a particular thing, whether that's inner work or whether that's something out in the world then mm-hmm. that individual can accomplish that particular goal
0: you know we say the last frontier is outer space the last frontier is inner space yeah for sure yeah
1: the needle turns in our compass
0: heart do you ever get the feeling it's pointing to the start of something so much bigger so much better than us